War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand-new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's Wednesday. The weather is much more comfortable, as you just heard the forecast. Wednesday, July 27th. And, folks, this portion of the program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. They're having a fantastic season. This is nice weather to be outside, enjoy yourself, take care of your property, see everything they have available, annuals, perennials, trees, shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, hanging impatience, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loam, mulch available, pickup and delivery. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, full-scale nursery, everything you need to make your home. A showstopper, gift certificates are available, they're open seven days a week. Well, folks, we have a lot of stories uh, up on the website, dipetro.com. Don't forget, dipetro.com, which is brought to you by the Coincident, 226 Coincident Avenue in West Warwick. A great meal, a feast, if you will. They're waiting for you at the Coincident. I want to, um, we have some, some great original stories in video. More is surfacing over the 15-year-old uh, that was uh, shot and killed from West Warwick. For some reason, he was in the Silver Lake section of Providence on Saturday night, and uh, the family, as you can imagine, is struggling. He's only 15 years old, going in 10th grade, child on the way, and uh, had been in trouble before, but his um, his uh, mother, and as you can imagine, the family there, having a very difficult time. But there is some video where I went to the scene where he was shot and killed on Saturday night, and um, his uh, friends are, are there, and it's this whole same mentality of, you know, you don't talk to the police, we don't cooperate, we, uh, we're going to handle this ourselves. So, And now the mother's even on Facebook calling out for an eye for an eye. But I want to touch on the reason why the Tidewater Landing, the soccer stadium in Pawtucket, the reason why it doesn't make sense is because it's, it's not about a minor league soccer team. It's not about that there's this interest. It, it's not about that. This, is the, this would be the most expensive minor league soccer team in the entire country and the whole reason for it is this is this is a gift to labor this is what it cost dan mckee and us by the way because now they're putting up 60 million taxpayer money this is what it cost dan mckee to get the endorsement from george knee in the rhode island uh, afl cio this is an unnecessary gift to labor. This is the Wickford train station all over again. I also think, you know, the whole reason that Governor McKee got to vote is because it was it was basically a tie. And by virtue of that, if it's a tie, then he gets to vote. Now, I don't think that just happened organically. That Carl Weinstein, who's on the board, he didn't vote. So as a result of him abstaining from voting, that led to the tie that led to Governor McKee voting. So you kind of connect the dots a little bit. So I think if there was an investigation done, they would find that there was some discussion prior to the whole thing being decided. And 
you know, they don't go into something like this without knowing how to count votes. But no, it's it's a complete disgrace. But it's not about, this is not about, you know, this is going to be good for the city. This is going to be good for the area. It's not about that. This is about an, a no-bid, huge union project with a stadium. You know, how many other stadiums do the unions get? Union jobs, no-bid, and it's... You know, it's it's a hundred and thirty million, or with cost overruns, it'll be like one like one forty. That's what it's all about. So this business of you know, is it a good deal? Uh, is this the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium? Should this, you know, happen? Is this good? No, it's not about that. It's not a matter of whether it be good for uh, the public. It's not a good investment for the state. It's not a matter of that. This is, the unions want to build a $150 million project and all the money they're going to make off it. So that's what it comes down to. This business, how many people are going to go? Stadium's going to have, uh, you know, 10,000 seats and they think that they're going to get 7,000 per game. They're not going to get 7,000 per game. You, you have, I mean, it's just, it's not happening. Now, but this is Governor McKee, he's trying to, you know, lock down the vote in Providence, lock down the vote in Central Falls, and then lock down the vote in Pawtucket. That's what this this is all about. Um, it, and it's all about that. Now, there's also an interesting question regarding McKee's office site's open record laws that they're not answering um, subpoena questions. And I want to commend the Providence Journal, the McKee administration is citing the language of open record laws and not confirming whether they've received any subpoenas in the FBI investigation. So um, state agencies in the past have confirm, confirmed the receipt of subpoenas related to investigation. The governor's legal counsel said that he's not required to. Think of that phrase, not re required to. So Claire Richards wrote, I understand you've been requesting copies of subpoenas and served in the governor's office. As reported by the Providence Journal, the Rhode Island Attorney General's office have an open investigation into the state contract to the ILO group. If either of these organizations had issued a subpoena connection, they would not be considered public records under APRA. She based her contention on the section of law that exempts from disclosure investigatory records like subpoenas that could be expected to interfere with investigations of law enforcement. The argument drew the response from the ACLU saying, while any subpoenas issued could certainly could be considered investigatory records, it's unclear why the release would interfere with any investigation that's being conducted. So meanwhile, John Marion, Common Cause acknowledged exemption for law enforcement records so of course they should but folks this is the you know the latest now we are the mckee people they just make things up as they go along um he is the subject of the fbi probe his dealings with it if you take the contract away by the way these people that are also cited with this ilo investigation this begins and ends with Governor McKee. They were his friends. He's communicating with them. It was not above board. I, I get why they want to now put off the press and they, they want to um, not have any of the subpoenas and who has to testify. They, they don't want that out in the public because that hurts his reelection. From now until the primary September 13th. The whole nature of the McKee camp, their whole goal plan right now is just delay and stall. And they feel, obviously he does, that he can still push it over the finish line. It's just a nonstop push. You know, don't, don't answer questions. Try to just jam as much through stuff as you can through. And then we'll deal with the aftermath. That's what it's, that's what it's really all about. It's not about making prudent decisions. It's not about doing what's in the best interest of the taxpayers. Right now, the governor, 
Governor McKee just sees this huge funnel and as much endorsements, money, anything to get votes he can just cram through there. It's the ultimate, we'll deal with it. Whatever we do, we can handle it if we win the primary and then he feels he'll win the general election. And everybody else is just along for the ride. But let's just be very clear. This soccer stadium in Pawtucket. Now this developer, a developer wants to build a soccer stadium in Pawtucket. Terrific. I think it's great. Right off the highway. I've always liked that as you're entering Rhode Island and then, you know, to, I think it's to your right as you're coming 95 south. Once you come over that mass line, you'd see a big stadium lit up. I mean, it would. It would look terrific. It would bring life. It'd be like, wow. You know, there's a happening here. But we shouldn't have to pay for it. We shouldn't have to pay for it. What the whole reason, and, and, and the vote should be challenged with how the votes went down with that Commerce Corporation vote. I believe that somehow the governor's people told that Carl Weinstein, back off. You know, you don't have to vote for it, but then just don't vote. And because he didn't vote, then it was tied. So Governor McKee got to vote you know, to break the tie, to push the stadium forward. So now the unions get this huge project. Let, let's step back for a moment. You know, how many, look, look at what Governor McKee, you know, half a billion school construction costs. Those are no bid contracts handed over to the unions, organized labor. Half a billion. It's never enough. It's a bottomless pit that they want. This isn't about, there's no correlation between children perform better if there's brand new schools. There's nothing that shows test scores rise. It's, it's nothing like that. It's nothing even actually close to that. What this is, is as I've said, it's, it's, I don't know how else to explain it. It's a, it's a no-bid gift to labor. And Governor McKee is just right along for the ride. He doesn't really seem to care about any consequences of his actions as long as in the end that if he can, I, I'm sure in his mind, maybe somewhere, he thinks, you know, it's once I get elected, then I can start to do the good things. Then I won't have to cut all these deals. Then in the meantime, I think he feels, you know, you have to make all these deals with the devil. And the unions, they like someone like this, a politician with power, which he does have right now, who wants their help and wants, more importantly, their vote, and is willing to give them money to get it, and is willing to do whatever he has to do. Really, it's a wish list. Whatever's on their wish list, they start high, they whittle it down. They know what they're ultimately looking for, but they give them a wish list. Here's what we would want in order to give you the endorsement. Otherwise, we're going with Nelly, or we're going with folks. They're certainly not going with Matt Brown or, or the other one. But that's really what it comes down to. So you have to, you can't look at it. You know, look at the Wickford train station. I mean, that came out of the Washington delegation. They found out about some transportation money. And so they submitted the money. I'm sure they got an inside track that they could get it. And so instead of building the Wickford train station garage, instead of building something that would make more sense, they, again, it was a gift to labor. It's a matter of, here, here's $15 million, a $50 million no-bid gift. Just build, you know, I'm sure the cost overruns, of the, I'm, I'm sure they were able to juice it up to 30, maybe even 40%. That garage is totally unnecessary. It's enormous. Um, that garage is, is literally, I think it's six floors, that garage, the Wickford train station. Um, I don't think the first floor's ever been full. So you think about it, that, that easily could have been, you know, if a six-floor garage is $50 million, then how much does it, you know, what would it really be a sensible two-story garage? And there's still plenty of parking around there, by the way. But that's not what it was about. See, once you step back and say, oh, okay, that's the, I get it. It's not, they're not building something that would make sense. They're building something which is the most expensive, biggest thing they can build because someone else, because it's federal money coming in and it's a total gift to labor. Here you go, throwing it. Look at that. You know, probably that $50 million Wickford train station garage, 
I mean, I would think probably could have been built for much less, and they probably could have had something that would have made more sense for the area, but that's not what it was all about. All right, folks, a lot ahead on this Wednesday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. Diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Petro Show weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe, it's Dan McGowan, and as always, he is breaking some news with his roadmap. Dan McGowan, I, and I have a feeling things are going to change after this, but who is polling how Gina Raimondo would do in New Hampshire? Yeah, the University of New Hampshire, uh, uh, just this week, out with a poll that looks at how, yeah, how Raimondo uh, and about 16 other, uh, so 15 other de- potential Democratic contenders um could do in in new hampshire in 2024 uh the, the interesting thing about this john is that you know we you and i certainly have talked about this in the past you, you know the new york times has that time you know in different columns floated gina raimondo as a potential presidential candidate um you know she's certainly a uh you know she's kind of beloved by the i would say like the moderate pro-business uh democratic crowd Definitely. you know the wealthy crowd basically um, but interestingly, you rarely actually see her in these polls. Usually she's the, you know, the last person uh, left off the list, right? Usually, you know, you think about the names, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, right? Kamala Harris, obviously, things like that. But this is the, fir- the first time to my knowledge that you've ever seen a New Hampshire poll uh, with Gina Raimondo's name in it. Didn't work out great for her. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, she pulls at 0%. Um, you know, among first choices, and she pulls at 0% among second choices. So, you know, not a great start uh, if she was, you know, going to float, you know, going to float her name out there. But, you know, one thing to caution for folks, it's not uncommon to be a, you know, a, a very unknown person. Um, and, you know, eventually come out of nowhere, you think about, you know, not that long ago, 20, 30 years ago, you know, the governor of Arkansas wouldn't have been a national name, wouldn't have been That's somebody right. who would have polled, you know, incredibly well in a place like New Hampshire. And then sure enough, Bill Clinton becomes kind of a transcendent president, at least for De- in the eyes of Democrats. So, you know, always interesting to see this stuff. Nothing too deep to read into it. One thing I, I noticed in looking at some kind of the, the cross tabs and looking into this deeper uh, you know, Gina Raimondo is what what we think she is. As I said, she's popular among people with you know more than a bachelor's degree, uh, wealthier people. You know, she 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 does have a, a favorability rating in the low teen, you know, ten to twelve, thirteen percent, yep. um, and pretty low, uh, you know, unfavorable numbers there. But uh, yeah, first time we've seen it, and uh, again, she's she's probably not going to announce her campaign tomorrow. <laughs> You know, she she kind of reminds me that she, her name also does get thrown out sometimes. And and people that like to toss her name in kind of reminds me, Dan McGowan, like in the lead up to March Madness, the real basketball insiders will say, you know, some school that would not be on the radar. Most people, yeah. but maybe they're having a great season. Like, you know, I, I really think you're going to watch out for Montana State. And then people start looking up like, wait a minute, who is this team? Now, she, she did spend a lot of time there in 2016. That's right. Uh, campaigning for Hillary. And if you remember that famous, you know, was your competitor. But she sat down on election night 
in in 2016 with her daughter and gave the journal the exclusive that they yeah. could videotape her and the daughter watching as Hillary was announced. That's as right. The first woman president. Boy, how did that work out? Yeah. Uh, what what makes you think though? You know, you you've covered her. We both have. Um, she's fiercely competitive. I in in my world, and you have access to her. But if if you asked her about Mayor Pete, I think in her world, like he is soft. Like seven days out of the week, she could beat someone like that. She is not. If he's considered the front runner ahead of Biden and beating him in a poll, I think. I think if you're Gina Raimondo, you feel pretty good about that. I actually, I, I think. I, right? I, I th- I think that's such a great, it's such a great point. I, you know, if, if she is somebody who, you know, and, and you're right, she's competitive. She, huh. you know, she, she likes her name floated in all these things. There's a reason I've always said this. There's a reason she sits down with the New York times columnists and the Washington post columnists. And, you know, her public comment is, Oh no, I don't want to be the president, but there's, she loves having anyone oh. would, you know, having her name floated there. And she, I think she would put herself up against the people to judge and say, look, similar resumes, Rhodes Scholars, uh, yep. you know, sure, he's got, you know, he, he's got some military experience, which helps, but she would probably look at herself and say, yeah, but I'm the, the Wall Street person, right? I've got, yes. I, I can raise money. I can compete here. There's no reason if that guy is, and, right. and, and that's exactly right. This poll suggests uh, he's at 17%, Biden at 16%. So puts the the secretary of transportation ahead of the sitting president of the United States. Um, I think she probably does look at this and say, yeah, you know, I can compete with him. You know, the, she, you know, because they have very somewhat similar resumes, she would say, look, you were the mayor of a small town, not even the size of Providence. Right. Uh, I was the governor, you know, and, and, and then, you know, have, have, you know, become, you know, she's got a little bit of an international experience now because of being the commerce secretary. So I think that's right. I'm sure she looks at these guys, you know, all of the potential democratic candidates and says, yeah, I, I compare favorably, you know, she, she, 100%. she, she potentially yep. struggles against somebody like an Elizabeth Warren because Warren kind of unites the progressives and, you know, there's a very clear contrast between those two, but it is not at all inconceivable that she would be, you know, at least I think on the stage in a more serious way than, um, you know, than Link Chafee was back in 2016. Oh my God. You know, I mean, they're in different universes. You know, Damon, when she first said again, folks, speaking for Damon on the Boston Globe, when she first emerged on the scene as general treasurer, a LaSalle person told me uh, she studies, she's prepared so much. And he said, even as a student in LaSalle and obviously in college, when she would walk into the room, she fully expected, by the way, Ian was prepared to get the highest grade on the test that they were all about to take. That's right. And right. So she's she's uh, lived this for. And she's somebody who what she you know, if you talk to people who have worked for her and and people, you know, that this is a great example, probably a segue into other conversations, but into, you know, you look at the difference between her and Dan McKee. Oh, my God. You know, when when a (laughs) when a problem arrives at her desk, she has, you know, now she may have not always picked the right choice. Let's be honest. Let's be clear about that. But she you know, had worked it out in her head. She could think on her feet. Um, that's, the, you know, what staffers say is the biggest difference is sometimes Governor McKee is caught off guard completely by, you know, the issue of the moment. Whereas Gina Raimondo, you know, what, would, would have five different opinions and would know what she was doing. She was confident in making her decisions again, even if she didn't always make the, the best one in the eyes of, you know, Rhode Islanders. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, let's pivot into, and there's a great story, folks, and a link from Roadmap, but in the Globe, about this soccer stadium. But Dan McGowan, point this out for me. What am I missing here? The day of the vote, that Governor McKee is going to be the tie-breaking vote. He receives the endorsement from (laughs) AFL-CIO on the board with him in commerce. Is George Nee that, that offered that endorsement. How is it, you tell me, how is it that Governor McKee didn't recuse himself from the vote? Because as I step back, boy, that has all the makings of almost a quid pro quo. You know, it's not an unreasonable question. I I think what I would say is, look, the the AFL-CIO endorsement, I think, has been in the works for a really long time. That said, said, do do I think that if he was going to vote no, that... Uh, the AFL-CIO would either withhold that endorsement or would come out 
very strongly against it, yeah, I think I think they would. Um, I think they there was would no for, way he was going to vote no. There was no chance. That's right. No I think chance. there was. Yeah, it, right? I think he's voting against George Knee after they just so. That's so right. That that was never gonna gonna happen. But I I think that's just such a glaring. I mean, uh, Carl Weinstein he didn't vote because he said he didn't have enough time to prepare for it. McKee gets the endorsement and votes along with with well, McKee. But I want to hear your thoughts. On well, that. no, I think it's a legitimate. I think it's a legitimate point. Here's where I think it really opens him up. I think the, the challenge here starts to become if Ashley Kalis, the Republican candidate, yep. can can put together a serious campaign here. And she's, she's got the makings of it. I'm not, I'm not sure she's there yet, but money, you know, you're seeing her on TV out with a negative ad this week. Pretty good. Um, This is where, you know, the, you're not going to see Nellie Gorbea who still wants some union support to come out and blast Dan McKee over the, the, you know, you shouldn't have voted because of the AFL CIO just right. They're going to want to stay away from that part and then they pick different reasons why they don't like it. Oh, that, you know, this is moving money around. It you know, doesn't mean affordable housing. You come up with those reasons to say you'd vote against it, but you don't attack union support on the Democratic right. side. On right. the Republican side, you're a lot more flexible here. Yeah. And, and I think that, that you're right. I could see a really, I could see a negative ad, uh, you know, making the, you know, kind of drawing a timeline here. And, um, you know, and making it look pretty bad for the governor. So I think that that it is a challenge. I guess on the Democratic primary side, you know, I I think I'd still take the AFLCI endorsement over not having it. Um, And so, you know, as he probably plays this out politically, um, I think, you know, he he probably did want to uh, want to appease them. And also, I think he he does view this as, you know, I'm going to get in a couple of weeks, I'm going to get to, you know, put a shovel in the ground and it's another campaign commercial. We're saving, you know, Pawtucket after the Paw Sox. So, you know, he, he, he definitely thinks that there is, you know, political value in this decision, even if the initial reaction um, has been, you know, somewhat negative. Folks, quick break, much more head. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to stay with the soccer stadium. Uh, This is a move, you know, Gina Raimondo, the the Paw Sox really wanted her to you know put the stadium on her back. She wouldn't climb the hill that way. I understand why McKee did it to have that corridor of you know Pawtucket. He's got Dios helping him in Central Falls. He's got Matos helping him in Providence. But I think this soccer stadium, the numbers where inflation is going, the the mood of the yeah. country right now. I can't find anyone that's in for number one soccer is really not that popular and yeah. I, I think with the proper light on this I understand why he's going down this road I think that he could drown I think he it's easily could drown with this whole project I, I don't disagree with you on this and, and he, yeah. here's why to your point you know the, the I'll admit you know as a, as a reporter when I worked at Channel 12 the first time we heard the very first project out of the box the you know moving the Paw Sox to Providence. Yes. There was a part of me that said, look, I'm a Providence resident. You know, I want right. to go through all the details, but this is exciting. It's cool. Yes. Uh, you Jim know, Skeffington. Right. Yeah. Skeffington had, you know, a real, had a, at least Great an vision. exciting plan. Great yeah. vision. And, you know, you, at the time you said, you know, a couple of hundred, you know, I think it was, I think it was under $200 million was, was yep. the, the projected total. And you could feel that you could say, okay, like the Paw Sox are just part of the community, all that stuff. 
In this case, you're now starting to talk about you, you're now getting into the hundred million dollar, oh. you know, with a with a second tier soccer team, right? This is not right. the MLS. Um, you know, this is not. Uh, and if you think about it, you just you know, go with me here. The MLS, in the grand scheme of you know international soccer, would be you know a tenth rate league compared to you know let's say England or you know other you know the the big ones, right? Italy or or whatever, wherever else, Spain. But in this case, you're talking about the second league in America. Uh, it, it you know I get they all say soccer is this you know this thriving sport. You know, gun to your head of all the candidates for governor in this race, how many of them have ever been to a soccer match? Let's right. be honest uh, about yeah. it. Good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so I think it's a I, I think it can come back to potentially haunt him. You know, anytime you're talking about these big numbers, people still remember. I don't always love when we do, you know, everything connected to 38 studios, but when you start to talk about it, you start talking about the money here, you know, it, it's a lot of money, it's an easy campaign ad. Um, again, as we said before, politically, I get why he did it. Um, you know, it, it makes some level of sense for him. It'd be strange as the incumbent governor who kind of wants that Blackstone Valley support to oppose it, but uh, definitely could backfire, especially in a race that is, you know, razor thin. I think that the strange thing about all the endorsements that you're seeing for Governor McKee this kind of feels like one of those years, a little bit like 2014, where, you know, you saw some of the unions go with Clay Pell and other people yep. kind of in some ways came to their senses and said, no, you know, Gina Raimondo is the better candidate of these yeah. three. Um, I, I could see a real split here. I, you know, I, I don't think that the these big endorsements are the thing that put that necessarily puts Dan McKee over the top. I agree. And, and Dan McGowan, it's also interesting with soccer with Helena Folk's brother, Bernie Bonanno. Yeah, on the board. The yeah. dad, he's on the board. He voted no. And then, you know, his sister, obviously, that, that must have been interesting how they were crafting that because they don't want to annoy the union said it should have been bigger. But Dan McGowan, what is going on with the Folk's campaign? She just went through her second campaign. Manager. Another another campaign manager. Yeah, Channel 12 reported this yesterday. I think yeah. that, that they've lost another campaign manager. You know, and, and, and if you if you read, and you I know you do, uh, for folks out there, if you read – uh, I believe it was Ted Nisi's story. If you read it closely, you, you start to see beyond just you've lost two campaign managers. You start to hear the bickering of, uh, you know, of people behind the scenes saying, what is she spending her money on? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of money going out to consultants, not a lot of money that's necessarily, uh, you know, going out to like the field operation, the knock on doors, get out the vote operation. Obviously, she's been on TV a lot and she's going to spend most of her money there. But you are starting to hear bickering, I think, that you know, and I, where I think it comes down. This is this is more of a guess, but it's an informed guess is I think, sure, she hit, you know, she she, she raised her uh her her you know favorability or approval numbers you know she's raised her name recognition um initially with on tv i think they've hit a little bit of a wall here uh and i think they're starting to say wait a minute you know we don't quite have the operation we had we we need and they're looking across the way and they're looking at their two other you know the the main opponents and they're saying all right dan mckee is clearly going to run a very traditional democratic campaign he's going to be the union guy and that means a lot of votes it means a lot of help all that kind of stuff and then they're looking at Nellie Gorbea, who, you know, who I still can't understand, you know, h- how she's doing so well when she's when she's not just a, a factor in the news all the time. Stealth. But yes. what, what she has stealth is such a good word, because what she has done for the entire time that she's been running is just quietly building a, a pretty strong operation. I was talking to a yes. mayoral candidate in Providence this week, and they said to me, boy, the South Side is just gung ho about Nellie Gorbea right That's now. That's right. And, you know, you're going to see a lot of votes there. Um, and so if you're if you're the the folks campaign, you're kind of looking at this and saying, well, what's our what's our path here? Um, and this is always the challenge, you know, it's a little bit of a tangent. But the one thing about being the kind of the the Gina Raimondo, kind of the candidate of the elites yep. is the elites don't like to work. Right. No. They don't like to. No one wants to get in the mud and, and go and knock doors all over the state, right? They they think that's for volunteers and for kids to do. That's right. And the and the problem with this here is the ki- the, the the kids, quote unquote, the young people who are doing this, they have other choices, right? They yes. they want you know, they, they have a Nelly Gorbea, they have a Matt Brown to some degree. Yeah. Um, and if they want to be kind of 
associated with the person who you know is, is tied to the unions they've got a dan mckee and so I, I don't know that she has enough energy to kind of finish this out and 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 pull it off that said look when you have the most money it always helps so wouldn't count her out but it feels like she stalled a little bit from maybe a couple of weeks ago and in the as a political insider said to me what's the campaign she right. hasn't found an issue right she's still just the cvs lady and you know, as you said, knows, knows the elites. Now, Dan McGowan, you also um, broke news this week with this. I like that piece. Mayor Lors is maybe more popular than you think. You you broke news with these polling numbers in Providence uh, that I think seems like right on the money. And boy, who would have thought that Jorge Lorza sits in the catbird seat? He could be the kingmaker here. Yeah, uh, you know, John, I uh, knowing Providence pretty well and having, you know, I know all the candidates running and have covered this city for a really long time. You know, it's not that long ago. I'm talking 90 days ago where all of the candidates would have said, were saying privately, I don't want his endorsement. I don't right. want to be I don't want to be near the guy, yep. you know. And I think there's a little bit of I think they were maybe a little caught up as candidates can be in chattering class talk right yep you, you listen to it to, not to name check a bunch of different people but like you know you hear from joe palino when you're running for mayor and joe sure. palino is not a is not a fan you can't stand him. you know of, of jorge Lorza. um you know the, the I'll, I'll tell you how this all worked out so as you said i wrote a column this week about you know the mayor who, who did a poll on himself and then also pulled the mayor's race and I got a call randomly on Friday and said, Hey, you know, would you like to talk to the mayor? He did a poll. And I said, is he going to release it? And the, his staff said, yeah, we ended up sitting down for two hours on Friday. Wow. Um, I got to tell you, John, I've covered the guy for a really long time. I've never got more than 30 minutes with him. Sure. Um, and, and to sit down and, you know, he's feeling really good about himself. I'll tell you, I wasn't entirely surprised that he is more popular than I would have thought. Now oh. he's a lot more popular in Providence, remember, this is just Providence and it's just right. Democratic primary voters. Right. So, you know, it's skewed, but he is on 60 percent approval. Um, I would have pegged it more in the, you know, probably right around 50. You got to remember, this is a guy who got reelected very easily in 20, uh, 2018. So, yep. you know, there is there, there's he's always been a little more popular than he's probably been given credit for. But, um, you know, he was feeling great about himself. And, and, and then you look at this and you start to look at his, his his, you know, the race for mayor. He has Brett Smiley, 31 percent, Gonzalo Cuervo. Uh, 26% and then Nirvana wow. Fortune right there at 20%. Wow. Uh, that's why I say his endorsement could could potentially put any one of those guys um, over the top in this race. Um, and I think he has moved from, this is just my takeaway from talking to him. I think he has moved from someone who kind of just wanted to wrap things up in City Hall and, and, you know, move on to, I think, because of these polling numbers, because of sort of how good he feels about himself, I, I actually think he wants to be a factor in this race now. So I wouldn't be surprised if you do see an endorsement at some point in the next five weeks. It's interesting, Dan McGowan, at how once he stopped running and just started, as you say, listening, the amount of time you spent with him, uh, just focused maybe on being mayor. The fact that he's doing this flock cameras with the police. Yep. yep. Right. I mean, and he, and he's on the t he's on the news. I was going to say he was on the television. He's on the news <laughs> saying a lot of crimes are committed by someone with a car. So it makes sense if you have something that can read license plates to cut down a crime. I here it is in the, you know the ninth inning, and it's like the bells are going off that he finally realized. Gee, maybe maybe more effective policing. Uh, less crime in the city, happier people, popularity goes up. Uh, there's been less of him, which is always sometimes uh, it's not yes. a bad thing. Well, so, it, it, I'll tell you, I asked. So, so another very striking thing in this poll was uh, was Providence Police polled at sixty percent favorability. So, uh, or actually sixty one. They were sixty one. Mayor was sixty. So they're you wow. know slightly more popular than the mayor. Um, very slightly. But I asked him what he thought about that. And he said two things that were really interesting. One, he said, I've done other polling that has showed them much more popular than this. He said, I was surprised they were at 61. Uh, uh, and that was a slight at them. That was his point to say, look, I've always known that they were popular. Uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of, you know, I take uh, my own views on sort of accountability and that sort of stuff. But I said to him, Mayor, I was like, 
your brand, especially among Democratic primary voters, is one that is uh, at, at the very least, you know, someone who's willing to take on the police. I think you go a little bit further. You could probably say someone who's anti-police. And he said, I understand that. You know, he, he says, look, we, you know, we're going to bring on more police officers, you know, than any other mayor in the history of the city by the end of my term. That's his way of, you know, kind of glossing over, you know, that fact a little bit. But he also just said, I think this is your chance when you're when you're leaving to be a little more reflective. And he said, look, I don't think are thinking necessarily, okay, I, you know, I don't like the mayor because I like the police or I like the mayor, but I don't like the police. He's like, it's entirely reasonable for them to, you know, think I'm doing a fine job and also support the police. He's like, this just confirms that, you know, voters are more complicated than what social media has you believe. I think it's smart. I think he's probably right about this. Now, look, I'm always skeptical whenever someone is handing me their poll and it, they, you know, they just did it, right? As he said right. to me, he wouldn't be giving it to me if, if his numbers were bad. So I do understand all that. But he, I think his last year in office, without a lot of the pressure of having to run, like you said, actually, I didn't point this out, but you just said it, it's right. Kind of flying below the radar, not making yeah. a lot of big public appearances. He's kind of been able to focus on a lot of the things that he wants to do. Now, you and I would might not say that, you know, reparations and universal income are the things that I would be focusing on. Well, but that's his thing. That's his thing. He likes it and, and he feels pretty good about it. And now I think, you know, I, I also said to him, I was like, can I guess who you're going to support for mayor? And he said, sure, tell me who you think. And I said, I think he's probably somewhere between uh, Gonzalo Cuervo and Brett Smiley. And I said, my gut would be you're leaning towards Gonzalo. He wouldn't go any further than that except to say, um, Except to kind of say that, you know, he, he has not been thrilled with candidates who have been you know, a little bit more critical of his time in office. That, sure. is very, that is very targeted at Brett Smiley. So he's at least acknowledging he's been a little upset with, with how that has all played out over the last couple of weeks or months. When you, when you think about how, you know, Smiley was basically like the vice mayor when he yes. first came into office. So that's very striking. Folks, one more quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health poppin and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. The Centerdale Revival. Stop in and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Centerdale Revival. Located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Centerdale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. We're speaking with Dave McGowan of the Boston Globe. And folks, if you read Roadmap, we're going to tell you in just a moment how you can get it. There's a link to David Siegel has a piece in uh, the Boston Globe uh, this morning. And Dave McGowan, I'm just curious. Now, David Siegel, he understands the primary is September 13th, right? Not September 13th. <laughs> or, or, uh, or 2024 or something. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Is, that... is, at any point, I mean, I get the whole thing of like walk, don't run, but it, do you, is there a sense of urgency? I I live in the district. Uh, I just don't see yeah. any well, movement. Uh, I'll tell you the this, only I... people making noise is Sarah Morgenthal and even magaziners kind of sitting back very much so i mean i I too live in the district i live in the providence part of the district right and oh when i talk to you john i I, there are times where i talk to you from home there are times where i'll just you know walk from right outside of my house i live right over by mount pleasant uh high school 
and you look at signs and I see, you know, I see nonstop. I see signs for, you know, the Sam Bell and David Salvatore race for Senate. You're starting to see a little bit of the governor candidates. Sure, you see some mayoral candidates, but you don't see anybody with signs up for uh, for this race for Congress. Uh, I don't see. I think I've seen one fung sign actually in my neighborhood, and that's it. Wow. Um, and, and now signs don't vote. I get it, but you're right. It it does speak to kind of the lack of um, you know energy uh, that that you're seeing here. And and I think Seth Magaziner is completely content with that, right? Uh, somebody close to his campaign said to me the other day, they're stunned that they haven't in any way, they haven't even thought about going on television until they, they do have an ad buy reserved for the, you know, for once voting starts, but they haven't ha- they weren't pressured in any way to no. jump on television early. Um, they've they, In fact, the person said to me, they're a little surprised actually Alan Fung hasn't gone on uh, because he's kind of running unopposed. Uh, and, and, you know, wants to kind of get out there ahead of all the Democrats. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think none of these guys have done enough to, you know, throw Seth Magaziner kind of off that sort of, you know, top spot. I'd be interested to see, you know, will you, the only person with any real money is Sarah Morgenthau. Is she going to be able to, you know, potentially go negative? I think the thing about David Siegel that's funny is David Siegel is running this race, as I can see it, like his old days on the Providence City Council. I actually think he's he's probably going to win uh, part of Providence. He's going to win that like Federal Hill area uh, because that's where the West End, that's where the you know progressive voters are. And he may win that area and then still end up with, you know, 8% of the vote total because that's a very small part of the electorate, you know, uh, in, in the second congressional district. It's like he's just running for city council again. Yes. And, and Dan McGowan, also, I can't believe T- Senator Mack is endorsing Gonzalo over Nerva, the woman of fellow woman of in her color. own neighborhood. By the way, her, it, her own senator. That's her own yes. neighborhood. Yeah. What, what is what is behind any idea around that? Or this is I mean, this is the thing you and I have talked about a little bit over the, the last couple of months. Gonzalo Cuervo has made a conscious decision oh, to to run far to the left. Um, and he's stacking up those endorsements. Tiara Mack. Uh, Sam Bell, you know, the kind of the rabble rouser progressives in the Senate. And what he's hoping for, and you look at these poll results, he's hoping that Nirva LaFortune say, stays just strong enough. But at the end, some of the voters who are a little less, you know, you're, you're not everybody's going to be super up to date and informed about everything happening in the city. But if you're a progressive voter, maybe you moved here in the last year or two, or you're just kind of finding out who people are. Well, if you like the Tiara Mack brand, if you like the uh, Senator Sam brand, if they're the people that are, if they say we're Gonzalo, not with Nirva, he's hoping that's a windfall for him and that's what puts him over the top. I think if you're Brett Smiley, you're thrilled by this because you, you want to just run kind of this straight campaign to say, hey, I'm the grown up in the room and, you know, you, you you got to go with me if you want to have any level of kind of moderation in this city. So it's, it's going to be really interesting, but yeah, Gonzalo Cuervo is stacking up the uh, not just progressive, the ultra progressive uh, um, uh, endorsements. Um, I've been at a covered a shooting at the the Billy Taylor playground and, and both there, you know, with the police were both Senator Mack and also Nerva. Dave McGowan, it is uh, just an interesting point. First of all, I really enjoyed uh, your piece about does Mayor Fong have, an independent streak by all accounts boy he right now is just in a groove they're feeling it how how did you find him in doing the piece i find him he is relaxed is the word yeah i think he feels really really good about this um you know i think he's starting to uh this will change in the general election but one thing that he you can tell is he's almost back to his I don't know if it, it would be after he won re-election in 16 or if it's actually even before he ran for governor the first time. But he used to have this like very chummy relationship, I think, with the press. I think he was, you know, he would feel relaxed. I think all of yeah. us, you know, let's be honest. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very honest about this. The press does lean to the left in many ways. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of us in the press kind of found him to be. Um, you know, the acceptable Republican, so to speak. Um, and, and so people always wanted to kind of give him, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. And then he kind of took a turn a little bit because 
look, he, you know, as as Gina Raimondo star than him, and I think he felt a little bit. Um, I think he was caught off guard by how aggressive. You know, he was very caught off guard by how aggressive Channel Twelve was during his campaigns. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he felt he felt burned. Um, you know, even though again we could, I don't think he was actually burned, but I think he felt that way. He's back into that mode of, you know, he's 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 he knows what he wants to say. I think he knows, quite frankly, what we're going to ask him. He knows he's going to get the Trump question. He knows he's going to get, you know, an abortion and a guns question. But he was he was delighted. In fact, he was he was overly delighted when I said, "Look, what do you want to work with David Cicilline on?" Uh, because that's a you know one of those things he gets to show a little bit of bipartisan. Uh, support um, you know he knows that Cicilline is obviously going to get reelected there um, and he said it was, you know, this is about semiconductors and trying to bring overseas you know there wasn't there was a time not that long ago pre-Trump where David Cicilline was you know the bring jobs back from overseas uh, sure. Democrat right it was that was his biggest thing and then he kind of he, he sort of tabled that because you know Trump came in with make America great and he didn't want to be uh, you know, kind of tied to that, but you know that's that's the conversation that he wants to have. So I feel like he's much more relaxed now. Again, this will change, and he's gonna, you know, as as people start to kind of target him and and negative ads come and all that kind of stuff. I think he'll probably get a little more defensive, and you know that's human nature. But right now, yeah, it, it's not just that he's the you know the clear Republican nominee. He's feeling pretty good about himself. It's a little bit like Jorge Lorza in Providence in some ways. I think he is. And I think, you know, that police investigation in the city, that, that was rough on him. It was tough with him. With yes, the press. it took its toll. And it was yeah. like, it was so out of the norm. You know, Cicilline, you're exactly right. If you remember, he even had a company in the northern part of the state was making things for the Olympic team. He was big <laughs> on the, hey, let's make it here in America. That's now, right. Folks, you hear me, you hear me mention it uh, each day. I started, I read roadmaps. It arrives right in your inbox. There's links to all the top stories. Dan McGowan's very modest. He's constantly breaking news with it. Dan McGowan, anyone that's listening right now, how can they also for free receive Roadmap? Yeah, I like to think if I'm not breaking news, I'm, I'm at least maybe making you giggle or, or, or smile. And, and I'll give you an example later this week uh, where we'll have all the candidates uh, for governor to the billion dollars and mega millions uh, if they win uh, on Friday night, I think is the next time the, the drawing happens. You know, again, trying to keep it a little bit light, but also shows you a little bit about these candidates. And very simple. It's free. Comes in your inbox every weekday morning, you know, right around 8 a.m. Um, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow. RINews at globe.com. Just send me an email, blank email, RINews at globe.com. I'll know what it is and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Talk to you next week, John. Thanks. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them. All year round, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, they're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.